Okay, so I'm uh, I'm Grant Cooper from uh, Team Quantum, and uh, joined here with James as well. You're listening to the Robocast. Hello everyone, my name is Samuel at 64 and welcome to the Robocast. As always, I'm joined alongside Steve the American Killjoy and World of Woodrow. And as you would have heard in the intro, we are joined this week by Grant and James Cooper from Team Robo Challenge and Quantum Gents. How are you both? Are you feeling good? Hey, How was going to BattleBots for the first time in three years? It must have been a, a bit of a strange experience going back after quite a gap out. Definitely. It's um, it's something that um, Grant and I are very passionate about our projects. And I think we, we're incredibly focused. So if, if we're choosing to do something, we go in, we, we jump in with both feet. Um, and it was, so it was great to reveal the first quantum back in 2019. It seems crazy that it was that far ago. <laughs> um, but then after that, you sort of, it's, it's a bit like preparing for an Olympics and then the Olympics get cancelled and such a mental game this fight and robot stuff and then we had um last year again with covid you know oh maybe we can go it's all sort of got chopped again um so this year we were like okay we, we need to get mentally back in the right game um we didn't want to come back with the same quantum because it's like a personal thing for us in that um we don't want to go to turn up we we like it to be a bit of an engineering challenge for ourselves and we're trying to push the boat on how do we make a crusher relevant um and i think that was the biggest question for for me personally is are we outdated now we we haven't been for three and a bit years are we coming back just to get slaughtered and actually are we not really relevant to the sport anymore that that was my personal feelings so this was a bit of a let's dip our feet in the water see what see how we get on and um yeah that might answer a few questions yeah well, well we when we decided to sign up for this year we sort of had two choices do we do a full redesign from scratch with all the new ideas that we've had over the last few years and come with something kind of our absolute a game for this or do we come with some critical upgrades for reliability and just general all-round improvements of the machine and sort of dip our toes in and see what the changes of the other all the other teams have made it's, it's, it's great watching these episodes on tv uh, from the past few series we've not been in but until you actually get there and see the energy and the the advancements all these teams have made it's very difficult to sort of counteract that so in the end we decided like james said to do the best job we could with improving the version that we've got so a lot of a lot of the internals are very similar um, in terms of how they work and things like that. And then we'll hold off for, for the really big upgrades until we've sort of been through this season and learned a bit more. Absolutely. Um, going back as well, you kind of mentioned with, you know, you've made subtle improvements to the robot from season four, was it been now? It was, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? To, to it championship four. Let's as, 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 as it's now according yeah. to you, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. What are the kind of main changes that have been made to Quantum? Like, is, is it just like... Just... Aside from the colour change. Yeah. Well, was, think, it, was, um... it was blue before, wasn't it? I thought. No, it wasn't blue on the back, was it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Oh, Steve. Yeah. Bikes was, was blue from uh, Home, Home Depot. Done in. <laughs> <laughs> so it, th- there was a few things that... Um, 
there's a few things with quantum that that work really well the, the drive system works awesome really pleased with how the armor works on on the rear end in particular um the hydraulics mm, but the, there were a few things that that could really do with optimizing so the first one was the heads although it looks visually very similar to the previous one it's actually 0.6 of a kilo lighter and it's actually a lot beefier where we need the um where we need that strength so we've really optimized the head there's quite a lot of design work went into that and that that's a lot more of a combination of uh generative design and sculpture now um, so we bring a lot more of the sculpting element into it to to give it the aesthetic that we want but more to take those vertical impacts as you know, the, the verts are really scary machines now and um, we need this head to be able to it's our only chance to try and take them on is to use that head as as a way of stopping weapons. Um, so we did quite a bit of optimization on the head to improve the strength, but make it lighter, which is pretty awesome. Um, and I think from an aesthetic, it, it was something where you go, I'd like to just make it look a little bit more sinister. I'd like to bring a little bit, just <laughs> tease more character that maybe a lot of people won't even notice, but you'll just get the vibe that quantum's a little bit more evil this year perhaps <laughs> um and the, the second big one was the self-writer i'll let grant talk about that yeah so the the self-writer you'll have seen from previous series and very similar to how we made it for spectre and king of bots was a sheet titanium self-writer and that was great for for weight it was extremely light and it, it did the job most of the time our um, <laughs> motto has always been the same reason we have very thin titanium armor or around the back that if we don't drive well enough we get flipped over or we get hit around the back well that's our own fault so <laughs> the self-writer has always been an area we've tried to save the maximum amount of weight but now there's so many vertical spinners in the game it just takes the slightest mistake and you're hitting on your back um and so we really needed to look at beefing that up because although we can we can self-write with the titanium version once you do it three or four times, it starts to flex a bit too much and it makes it very difficult. And what we found, um, certainly at the last King of Bots, um, we've got this set of armor we can see on the screen, which is for anything with a low ground clearance. We use this front end for, and it's a very low, um, very lightweight front end. For horizontal spinners, we have a very wide, um, very heavy front end. And that just tips the balance to self-writing perfect every time to where you just need the head in the right position to self-write quickly. Um, and we so actually we lost to Apollo because of that, didn't we, Grant? Yes, we did, yeah. Not Apollo, so, sorry. Yeah, yeah or whatever he calls his Chinese version. Vulcan, <laughs> Vulcan yeah. yeah. Vulcan, yeah. So that, that was one of my favourite fights, actually. Mm. But again, we got flipped three or four times, and on the last time, it was just that bit too flexible to, to get over in there and the, the weight balance was different. So we got onto designing a, a full generative design aluminium version that's a lot stiffer and also brings that generative design and sort of skeletal like structure say, to the outside of the machine. It's very like Witch Doctor ribcage style at the back, right? It's kind of like, you know, very much kind of, it, it, it adds to the kind of, this is a creature that's skeletal kind of, effect. Ex yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think it if was... you take the armor off the robot, it, it looks a lot more like, like a body now. Um, mm -hmm. And the armor is definitely a cloaking that you add to the machine. Mm. Um, 
it's, it's difficult to tell from the picture here. We're always opposite to which aren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we, 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 all, we design in a very different way to a lot of teams where a lot of teams, like Witch Doctor is a classic example, mm. build the internals as a very... If you take all that sort of fancy ribcage off, it it's looks box, like... Box, 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 isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. And they've done that because it's very quick and easy to repair. If you're designing mm -hmm. just to win the competition, there's no doubt that is the best way to design... If you need multiple spares, you're building, you haven't got tens of thousands of dollars budget to have all these parts made. Mm. And that's that's really, they've optimized that design and then they make it look nice with all this external stuff, which, which looks great. We sort of go about it the other way around and we start from the inside with all the generative design and everything else. So that um, one, obviously from a performance point of view, it's, it's a, a huge performance gain for us in terms of um, the power to weight ratio of the machine with the generative design. But also it's, yeah, we we really want to make it, have this story behind it. It, it is an animal, quantum's its own thing. You see it's when it grows and bites another opponent, tries to ram it around the arena. We, we want the robot to have the character. And so we start that from within first. And that plays a big role when we come to adding the armor and so you'll see on there, we try and add the absolute minimal amount of armor so that you can see all that sort of skeletal structure. Um, structure. Mm. And I sort of compare it to Chomp in some ways where you take the covers off Chomp and it looks incredible. But you see all the things on Reddit and the forums saying, oh, Chomp just looks terrible. It's because I've had to... It's because I've had to just put this armor on so it stands up against the spinners. Mm -hmm. um, and we've taken probably a bad choice <laughs> from a performance <laughs> point of view. <laughs> to try and sort of sacrifice some of that armor to try and keep the character and everything in the machine. Um, and expose who quantum is in the insides, I think. Yeah. yeah. What, yeah one yeah. thing that was a bit of a shock for us was uh, we, we one big difference from 2019 to now is we, we turned up at BattleBots, we, you know, we were getting prepared, and then the uh, production team come around and say, they start making notes on the paper. Okay, how many quantums have you got? You're like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> this is quantum. There is only one quantum. There will only ever be one quantum. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so but it's a different that, that world, shows right? the nature of the sport. Yeah. You know, it's evolving. These machines are so ridiculously powerful now that it makes sense to have three quantums in a crate that you go, okay, that one's buggered. Let's <laughs> let's get another one out that's fresh, yeah. that's good to go because then you perform. But there's something about. So somebody asked us about how many heads do you have? You're like, well, one really. It's kind of nice at the end of the competition to see those scars in its head and go, okay, that came from that fight and that came from this fight. 100%. As Grant says, maybe we made the wrong decision and uh, the head will get well, clipped straight up. I, I mean, it's it, it, I, I, I kind of don't mind that, that outset where a lot of bots now are kind of seen as disposable, you know, where there's a lot of just like, oh, throw the next part in. It's, it, it, it's very... Um, assembly line like where it's like it's, oh it's but, a lot more like motorsport now which yeah which is great because you get there and you feel like okay this is the competition you know there's nowhere else in the world that can afford to do this king of bots <laughs> probably um but there's nowhere else that, that you see this level of engineering on this scale with enough budget for people to be on their a game every fight it's not like olden day robot wars where if you fight carbide you get torn in half and you go into your next fight and you're a little bit limping and you're trying to yeah. do it's a, it's a very different challenge and it, it's not better or worse but you do get the pinnacle because of that um yeah. 
but yeah, we're, we're not at that level. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if we had, we're, we're a completely self-funded team. We don't have any cash sponsorship, unfortunately. It'd be lovely to get a big cash sponsor and help, but, but we don't. And also we're very sort of stuck under time constraints, um, but we do all of our own machining and things to be able to, to do this in a, a more affordable level for us. But Maybe if we did have a hundred thousand dollars spare and infinite time, may, maybe we would turn up with two or three quantums to to make our life easier. Yeah, would it spoil there. quantum there if you knew there was another does one? It, does it, would it feel yeah. less special for you guys? It, like if you obviously, as you said, you could you know okay not easily, but you could turn up with three quantums. You know, and like if one gets destroyed, you throw it away and start again. But like, would that make it less special for you guys? Do you feel because obviously. Quantum is a. I mean, we'll yeah. get on to the, obviously the other fights, you know, of the episode later on as well. But it's so unique, and like you look at the field now, you know, it kind of there are so many high energy vertical spinners, horizontal spinners, whatever else you like. And quantum is now currently, as things stand, the only hydraulic crusher. You know, do you would it make it less special if you kind of turned up with three robots which you can throw away if you need to? Like, was that kind of in your mind as well? It, it definitely does. Absolutely. It's um, it, from our point of view, it's a difference between uh, a one-off piece of artwork and someone who's photocopied and, and sells a signed version of them. Um, those signed versions are never as, never as popular or, uh, or worth as much as, as the original handmade piece. Um, and that's quantum for us is as much an art piece and a, a, and a form of to show what we can do and what we're capable of more so than it is a dedicated fighting robot machine, I'd say. Uh, we don't necessarily design a robot just to out and out win. Um, we'd build a very different machine if we did that. So this is what James and I like, is what we really enjoy doing. Um, and we put all of our effort into making something that when that's in our office after, is something we can look at and show clients and be proud of and people come around and say, you know what, that's that's really cool. Um, and that's, that's where we get the pride of, and the enjoyment from from fighting in places like BattleBots. Um, so, it, but at the end of the day, the only thing I would say is that um, if, if we were going there to get destroyed, that that wouldn't taste very good. I think that, no. that would be. Uh, <laughs> we, we need to do something about this, and either either change the robot or accept that maybe it's not the right sport for us anymore, or whatever. You know, it, it's such a all-consuming sport. You know, we put so many hours into this thing. We don't see our families for quite some time because we're developing this, and and it requires that dedication. Otherwise, you turn up, and you know you're not, you know you're not there with your best. You're not mm -hmm. sharing what you're capable of. Um, so it's really well, important this, this that was... we don't turn up with the old quantum. Well, this was a big part of the reason why we didn't just go full bore with all the upgrades we wanted to do right now, and we said, look, let's sort of make the critical upgrades we want to make, um, the reliability improvements, the, the performance improvements we want to make, and then scope out the field and see where things are before we burn ourselves out again. And oh, yeah. and then think, oh, well, we've, we've kind of gone in the wrong direction with this. Um, That's the thing, you're changing too many variables, then you, then you don't know if when you go back and try to redesign it after you've gone and fought, what was the thing that brought you down the most or what helped you the most? Like, like I, I, that, that happens with some teams too, where they try yeah. to especially like the big change from brushless brush to brushless that that's a that's a huge change for some teams or yeah well you saw, you saw that with oh. tombstone yeah um, very clearly it, it's it, there's one thing going with a proven machine and making small incremental improvements and then there's another doing a full redesign and it's those those teams that are out there like witch doctor and others at the moment who every series 
I mean, I know they look the same, but they're making lots of small improvements. Oh, yeah. Is that keep going and making small improvements that are making these machines so good? Um, yeah. And hopefully things like the live show will help that even more. So we are wary of changing too much at once, but at the same time, the, the, the big differences for us since we came in 2019 is they've had a whole new arena floor. We've not mm -hmm. fought on this new thicker floor and that's changed the grand game significantly. And that, that was a us, big missed opportunity for us though, wasn't it, Grex? Prior to prior to 2019, 2020, we were probably the only team in the world that was surface grinding the fronts. Yeah. So we had polished front ends. And that, that's why we performed so well at King of Bots was nobody else was doing the attention to detail that we would. And that was the same at BattleBots. No, nobody was polishing front ends so they were micron accurate. But then when we were missing for two years, all of a sudden you come back and everybody's Everyone's done that. <laughs> yeah, every and you're like, oh, that was that that was our opportunity to to be ahead of the field <laughs> when they got a new floor and people then realized, oh, actually the floor, the ground game's critical. We lost that opportunity to steal a march on the opponents. So <laughs> well, that, that was something that really, really worked well for us at King of Bots because they had a very thick, super flat floor. Obviously, <laughs> battle bots, that floor doesn't last five minutes before. Something like Ripperoni's uh, gouge some holes. <laughs> the so arena it, floor was not the same after that fight. No, no, no. there was always a scuff in the arena. From I think that was filmed day one. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Day Ruined. one, the other. Yeah, there's definitely spots in the arena that if you track them throughout the days, because the first the first three filmings are going to be the first three sessions. So yeah. if you pay attention as you track through fights, you can kind of like sort of put the schedule together and it's like, oh, wait, I remember that then. That wasn't there before. Or wait, no, that, that was from that fight. Yeah, well. <laughs> and, and to be fair, BattleBots do a great job of repatching up the floor each night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they but did. Give it two or three fights. And we even got to experience that a little bit and watch. <laughs> that's a that that's a, that's a, that's a hardworking crew. That is a, yeah. that is a thankless job. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But, but no, it, it was great for us to go there and just see the changes um and if we'd have turned up with the front ends we were looking to change it wouldn't have been the right move this time um because that floor isn't as flat as we thought it was and and that it, it does get damaged fight to fight there's we need to have a good rethink going forward on how we go about the, re the next redesign um so i i am glad we didn't do the, the full rebuild and redesign from scratch but everything you see in that image on there in the new in the new quantum is brand new um all the armors changed subtly but it has changed um and not just from a, a visual performance uh, sorry from a visual perspective um it's all there to save weight to to make space for new things change change bits around and just generally improve the machine um so i know a lot of people might not see the difference but it is significant on the outside at least one thing i have to ask about and i think we've had a, a bunch of listener questions about we obviously put, put out that we're interviewing you guys this week um, a lot of people asked about the hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, <is> no hair. <laughs> <laughs> the quills. The, 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 the proto feathers, I think, is how yeah. it was described. Right? I mean, where did the inspiration come from? How many beers did you had before thinking, let's put that on the robot? Why not? You know, it, it, like, I, I, it's, it's one of I love it. That will be but... my 
People, yeah. Some people won't like it. I think Grant didn't like it to begin with as well. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe the right or wrong, and we'll, we'll see how quantum evolves. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Right? It adds to yeah. the animalistic quality, which yeah. I guess isn't helping the whole argument with animal cruelty and robot combat. But we'll just get past <laughs> that. Fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> so there's quite a bit of change. Like there's the um, the structural changes to the head. So it's actually got a narrower snout. It's a lot chunkier on the snout now. Um, but you'll see sort of halfway down the nose, there's like ridges in the nose Compare, there. It's trying yeah. to just add these like little um, anomalies that you would see in like a bone structure of a prehistoric creature. Um, they've got like all ridges over the top and there's no real explanation as to why they're there, what they're for. Um, but it's just like a natural evolution of the machine. And there's quills in there as well to cool. sort of finish the prehistoric sort of mysterious nature of what is quantum where did it come from um somebody asked well what, what's the skull based off and it's not based off anything it it's its own creature yeah and you know we, we don't know how it's going to evolve <laughs> over time it was yeah. close to having quills coming out all the self rider down the rib cage but uh, we'll put a stop to that <laughs> 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 We, we just don't know what we, we always have one day somebody will come into the clients will come into the office and go oh we need to do this and it just clicks and you go yep yeah, that's the right direction you know and um it's it's very rare that we ever come up to something and go oh yeah we, we sort of it's separate ways for some reason it just seems to work grants will have an idea for something or i'll have an idea for something and we go yeah let's just let's go for it and the quills were something that were not a um yeah obviously they don't bring real performance to the machine it's to give it that little bit more of a sinister look to go you you need to make you need to take this machine more seriously it's not an art but people call it an art but but the the purpose of it is to go hold on actually it may not be a spinner but you need to be worried about it um and that would be if that happens and that's a huge personal achievement, I think, for for me. There's there's a lot of that, um, and sort of trying to add features and things to it. But what we see quantum as quantum is its own beast, is its own sort of creature as such. And you'll notice James and I on TV. We're not the loudest people. We don't dress up. We don't shout about things because that's not that's not our character. We want the robot to do the talking. As soon as you see it, we want you to sort of just see it instantly and understand what this robot's about. Um, and so these features like the quills and other bits like that are just little features to just add character to the machine, we hope at least, so that when you see it, you, you just instantly get it. You see that this is this is a creature of sorts. It's not a, it's not got a, a weird bone-like head and a Lamborghini-type back end that's a weird mash of stuff. It's hopefully blends together as sort of one nice um, creature and, and yeah, you, you can instantly sort of tell what it is. And you don't that, have to worry about that. It does. <laughs> it, it stands out, yeah, definitely, for, for sure. Yeah, a, so that, that's the aim. And obviously the, the quills for us, the quantum, although it's effectively like a dead version. So a lot of people ask what the difference between quantum and spectre are. And spectre, you'll see, has the eyes. It doesn't have the holes and things going straight through. That's more of like the living version of quantum. Quantum's like the dead, fully skeletal version with the holes through no eyes and all that side of things. But at the same time, a bit like a zombie, it's kind of half alive as such. And so adding those quills 
made sense to us when James told me to start with about them. I said, well, Quantum's Quantum's not dead. It's, it's a bone-like thing. You don't have quills on there. But, <laughs> but yeah, the, the more you sort of visualise it, the more you think, actually, yeah, it's sort of a almost like a zombie-like. It's, it's dead, but with some living features as yeah. su- such. In None it. of us were on the archaeological dig that found it, so it's fine. No one knows. If it just came out <laughs> well, like that, it's fine. We actually well, I, do I, I, I don't get out of the billet. <laughs> <laughs> we actually want to do a spoof where I want to... Um, Get Quantum's head and get it into a museum with its own plaque. I'm going to try and do that this year. (laughs) Uh, If there's any museums out there willing to make it happen, please get in in touch. We'll uh, we'll make it happen somehow. The the British, uh, I think it was the the Natural History Museum Museum sort of thing. That that kind of thing. That would, but the Science Museum had uh, a load of like Doctor Who props over a couple of summers ago. So I'm sure they would. (laughs) They're up for putting TV stuff in there just for. And the the quills obviously, that, so, so they're designed to give the machine a little bit more character, a bit more of a sinister look, but you would also find quills in a fossil or something mm. like that. Right. So it's, yeah. But it's a discovery only sort of somewhat recently that, that they thought, oh, dinosaurs have these quills or feathers or something like that. So yeah, it, it makes sense in the evolution of what we know of prehistoric archaeology as well as what we know of this machine. Yeah. Um, who knows what it'll look like next year? Like, yeah, extremely there. feathery next year. Yeah, <laughs> right. well, we'll I was going to say mohawk, mohawk or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll dip it in honey and then just put a load of put a pillowcase over the top of it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, final question of the, about the robot before we get on to the fights is uh, it's a two part question. Uh, the first part question of the question is from Charlie Hubbard who asks if there is no sprite on site to refuel Quantum. Would Sierra Mist suffice, or must it be Sprite? And the Nikoa second is a is a is an acceptable substitute, but you can't guarantee <laughs> same level of guarantee performance. Okay. <laughs> um, you might hear a knock. You know, yeah. you just gotta be careful. <laughs> and the other part of the question is: Will there now be a sponsorship deal with Sprite after the How to Build Quantum video? We are absolutely open to cash <laughs> um, You'd be our first cash sponsor, but uh, yeah, we wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> well, uh, is it is it big right. enough that you'd have to share it with BattleBots? Mm. Oh, yeah. I guess that I it guess that line what, of questioning is open. <laughs> I mean, what, one thing regarding sponsors, it, it's sort of we we don't want to come across as a big commercial team. This is like a personal project for Grant and I, and so we quite like not having a great big list of sponsors the sponsors that are on our on our page obviously is rubber challenge because that's our company mm-hmm. um and then you've got effectively friends of ours we've got Goering, who have been a, a partner of ours for a long long time now who supplies with machine tools um we've got autodesk who again have been a, a long partner of ours supplying us with software um and ETG, who we've been in partnership for um, our machine, uh, the four axis machines. So it's um, it's nice that those are people that haven't given us cash to come on to BattleBots. They're more ways of, it was an opportunity to say thank you to our partners who have been with us for a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very much, uh, this is what Grant and I are capable of with whatever money we had in our pockets at the time <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and whatever time we had available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I guess at the end of the day, it's your machine. You know, it's it, it's not a machine 
funded by so many other companies, I guess, you know, it really is yours. And at the end, yeah, of the I don't think I'd want a Red Bull sticker on the side of it. <laughs> in one way, it'd be nice to put that in your pocket, but at the same time, it does change the dynamic of mm. who Quantum is if it has sponsor logos on there. You'll see a tiny little emblem of uh, Robo Challenge logo on there. And yep. it's right there. It's really purposefully done to be really minimal and, and just add attention to detail. So everywhere on the machine, we're looking at detail. So you can't really see the um, the wheel grills there. Nobody's mentioned them, but they're like a, mm-hmm. a new addition for this year. There's lots of things where you go, pick out like a segment of the robot and go, how do we add detail to here that either brings performance or how do we make it more interesting as well? Mm-hmm. You were saying, Grant. I was saying one of the big things for us when it comes to sponsorship, obviously it'd be great to have a hundred thousand dollar sponsor come in um, and do as much as we like to this machine. But on the other hand, there's a very key point that we constantly talk to with Autodesk particularly about how we build our machines. As you'll probably see on Reddit and other things, people look at this machine and say, that looks great, but you must have done that on a five axis machine, had a load of money and all this sort of stuff to do it. And what we're trying to show is that you don't need all this money. You don't need super fancy software. You don't you don't need a really fancy machine shop. All you need is a Tormac and a, and, and a, a good mindset to sit down in Fusion and design something like this. And others have done it in the featherweight scale, uh, made some really nice recreations of this type of machine. Mm. But you don't need to be a heavily sponsored really wealthy team to be able to create something like this and i think that's really important to show that you can think outside the box you can create all this interesting type of stuff without money without fancy machines um yeah you can you can make quantum on a top back um it would just take a lot longer than it takes us absolutely well we'll get back to some more questions about quantum in a little bit but should we talk about some fights from this week what do you think yeah so kicking things off it's shockingly, it isn't Sawblaze for the I first know, time. I know, right? In, it's in a different green years. and black robot or blue, purple. <laughs> we start off with Ribot and Witch Doctor. Can we call it a fight? At because first it, it was. was like with the first, first few hits. I've seen uh, the Witch Doctor team are doing a new series of like Pits Access of showing what goes before the fights, what comes after the fights. Mm-hmm. Even a little bit of during. They've got a camera inside one of the, the hats, which is very cool mm-hmm. um but um so they they went behind the scenes and talked about what happened before the fight and after it and some of the damage that was done to witch doctor when they went weapon to weapon ribot did a lot more than you saw basically oh. so it ripped out a load of the bolts from the front wedges um it had sheared off uh, some of the uh, weapon mounting on the side that sort of bony structure or the bony triangly type shape um underneath the ears the horn mm. self righty things um but yeah it 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 taken a few chunks out of the weapon as well which is so impressive yes it can be yeah. can call it a fight <laughs> and indeed call it a fight oh yeah i think it's it's easy to underestimate the energy that's going on in these machines especially when yeah. you see it battle after battle the spinners in particular they're so vicious and it's not until you see fighting robots in the flesh that you really and even then, once you've seen a few battles, you don't really understand the energy involved. So when you've got two big spinners going at it, the consequence of taking the first hit is so drastic that um, 
yeah, it's pretty incredible that they actually keep going. <laughs> yeah, so that, that first big pop where you see Ribot kind of fly through the air and like, you know, it's and it's up and over and then it hits its own weapon into the floor and it's kind of out of control at that point. It's just, you know, incredible like how quickly the the fight kind of escalated for them, really. I mean, it was... I definitely think Witch Doctor learned a lot from fighting Bite Force and, and watching Bite Force matches because their driving style and tactics have changed to kind of match what Paul was doing back in the day in which you'd hit an opponent over, chase them down and hit them again when they're like upside down. And there's there's one delicious hit that Witch mm-hmm. Doctor goes straight in afterwards and absolutely smacks Robot across the arena. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking when we saw it live, whoa, that's a hit. And then <laughs> yeah. seeing it back, it was the same reaction again because it's just... It's phenomenal. Um, I know Ribot's uh, weapon choice, I think they'd have probably gone Vert config here anyway, but um, they had some technical issues with the undercutter. Uh, This was another thing revealed in the Witch Doctor video. Go and watch it, it's great. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so they couldn't couldn't run the undercutter. They focused a lot on the Vert. Mm. I think you've hit the nail on the head there and that's... um... You, you have to be on your opponents in this game. It's no longer, and you'll see it later in later fights, the way people are driving now because of the ground game, because of the consequence of taking that first hit. You're going to see the sport and the way people are driving is going to change. You'll yeah. see it in this season. I think we're going to really see it in the next season. And as you say, once you've hit them once, you don't kind of hang back now. You have no. to be on them because you give them half a chance that's it it's game over it's even at the end of this fight where ribot is down and out of it in the in the corner and they're being counted out but witch doctor's there Mm -hmm. spun up ready to go in again just in case it even breathes you know yeah dares (laughs) switch um that they're they're there ready and they're they're gonna make sure it's done with basically And this is interesting, too, because you're talking about a ground game and a team that won that does not have a ground game. They just have a weapon and armor out the front. They 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 don't even run forks. They they just have a, an incredible driver and an incredible drive to just tear everybody apart that they can. And yes, that second hit is delicious. Mm. Uh, and I do remember seeing that live and thinking, wow, this is a this is a. A really special beast. I think we always knew that with Witch Doctor. Yeah. Uh, I mean that that, that there's no mistake there. Uh, but oh man, is is Ribot licking their wounds after uh, after a wonderful season mm-hmm. last year? Uh, there's one point in this fight where uh, the new Frog Top, where with the eyes, uh, I, they're 3D printed, and there's <laughs> one point where it pops out and it's like hanging. And I'm like, that's very visceral. Uh, <laughs> Why but was hey, it like underneath for a like team red that says, you know. <laughs> Yeah, for a team that says save the frogs on top, it's oh, yeah. it's not a good look. Yeah, those, this, this they frog were, needed saving. I think they were dishing those um, any damaged frog eyes out to people in like the um, in the in the high five zone. We we got to sit there, um, and somebody was telling us that they'd got a, a ribot eye, and I was like, oh, that's so cool because previously they'd just been part of the mold, mm-hmm. and and now they've they've gone for something a little bit more interesting and gruesome uh which yeah. is fun <laughs> yeah the, the the rim on the rim on wheel uh deal with with ribot do we think in in future uh i don't know about i mean future fights i mean they, they don't have anything other than these wheels but do you think yeah. maybe in future seasons do they evolve and think maybe this is a 
this is a dying breed of mobility and maybe go to something that's more solid, something that can take a hit because they come off uh, pretty easily with a direct hit if they're not if you're not right on top of your driving game. Yeah, I reckon tracks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's always a conscious decision on how you how you do your wheels and where you put them and and the materials you use. Um, if we had exposed wheels like Robot does, to be honest, I'd probably make them very weak. Mm-hmm. So that if you get one torn off, you're not having all that cost and expense and time of of redoing everything through the internals that's that's become damaged with them. Yeah. Um, if you can protect them slightly better and you're very confident about driving, then yeah, then go with I'd go with something different, but Having the solid rubber, that, that energy goes into your axle. I know. That's solid. It goes into your chassis. It goes into your gearboxes. So it's what, how I was talking to somebody the other day on, you, you need to think about the, the impacts that you're going to take. And you've got to think about how do you want your machine to fail? How do you make it fail in a way that's good for you mm. um, for either either immediately in the fight well, how do you make it so it's good for you after the fight so you can prepare for the next one? Um, I think exposed wheels like Tombstone has, they're so easily replaceable. It's oh, the yeah. first thing that's going to get hit. If you're going to have something torn off, let it be a wheel and your robot's still intact mm-hmm. and you live to fight another day. I think... and, and it's a, it's a toss-up. Yeah, Especially now the rules have changed as well. Oh, yeah. now the, I was going to say, yeah. That now that you, you don't need to get out of a certain square size square, as long as you're moving, you're still mm-hmm. in the game. I think that that makes these sort of sacrifice, sacrificial wheels probably a bit better now than they used to be. Yeah, yeah. just gotta drive better. Ribot and Hypershock, I think, are two robots that do four wheels with some that can be removed, and the robot still goes quite well. Um, because it, I mean, we we see wheels come off of these two robots more than most, I would say, yeah. and they they still manage to keep it going. And and that's just testament to what you've just said, basically. Absolutely, absolutely. But I, I think one one thing that Witch Doctor have done really well, and as you say, you spoke about their driving and and taking a leaf out of uh, Paul Bentamelian's uh, books from Bite Force, mm-hmm. is that you'll notice that Witch Doctor, particularly Bite Force, really aren't very quick machines. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a lot slower than the majority of the field, uh, but with that, you get an awful lot of extra control. And that's one thing we've tested back and forward with Quantum in different competitions is is the speed of the machine. And we, we've we actually toned it down from what it was for one of the King of Bots series because we just find you go too quick, you just lose that fine control. You can put 20 kilowatt of brushless motors in. Um, you can have it doing 30, 40 mile an hour, but when, when you need to be accurate and you need to be on your opponent all the time, it doesn't help you that much unless you've got magnets in pulling you down. And, and even then the accuracy is still not as good as it is if you slow down to 12, 15, 16 mile an hour. Um, and I think bike force was between like nine and 12 mile an hour, something like this. It's, yeah. It was very modest. Um, yeah. But it, it won on control. Um, yeah. And I think, I think some wheelchairs people... that would go that fast at a high speed, you know? So Absolutely. if you think back to every champion of any competition, they all had one thing in common, and it was a good drive. Yeah, yeah. None of the, the none of them were necessarily the hardest hitters, the biggest flippers, anything like that. It, it was always drive that was the that was the thing. Absolutely, and driving. Yeah. You know, the, the practice obviously that Mike lately's been driving this robot now, like it, specifically this robot for you know seven years and yeah, experience I mean, he's, he's way had way way back. So forever. long, yeah, it's crazy. Brilliant stuff, Witch Doctor. Um, Ribbot obviously will have to kind of 
reassess. Not a bad loss. No, it's not. You no, know, if you listen, if you listen you to know, which talked to who came well, second last year, second year and yeah. second in the Golden Bolt as well, you know, right. it's, it's kind so. of you know what's what's a loss to that, right? If you're going to lose one, that's the one you know you can say okay. Exactly. Mm. exactly. I mean, you look at the the fight schedules for everyone. There's yeah. one that should beat you, one you should beat, and then two that are reasonably on your level. Uh, that's the the setup for this season, give or take. Um, unless you're like one of the big hitters, in which case you get an awful lineup and good luck to you. Um, but <laughs> th- this, I think, is <laughs> is Ribot's. Yeah, uh, this is Ribot's one that, in theory, should beat them. Yeah, um, it's their their bogey team, if you like. Yeah, yep. and uh, Ribot's next fight will be up against uh, Claw Viper by the schedule, and then you have Witch Doctor's next fight against Fusion. So those are both spicy matchups mm. for match number two. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, speaking of match number two, we come to Quantum versus Captain Shredderator. Now, where do I begin? This was oh. vintage. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna guys, say, this is this is say- like. Spectre King of Bots level of showing them the arena. Mm-hmm. I think that this was one of those fights where, as we said, we've been off fit for three and a half years. We'd... One thing that's critical with this is the drive and Grant and I, um, our communication during the battles and our strategy and worrying about being rusty. And yeah, that, that was always playing on their mind a little bit. Um, and we've not been in a in a fight at all with any robots since BattleBots and King of Bots 2019. Yep. Um, sure. The robots have been on display in the office and not touched. Um, we've not not fought with the featherweight or anything since. And so, yeah, we we were quite uh, quite nervous that we were going to be not great at driving at this one. <laughs> but like a fish to water, you it seemed like you were doing just fine. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where with quantum it's a really weird type of machine in that you always feel so close to losing the fight Mm. like if we allowed shredderator to spin at once taking an impact from that at at a good speed would be catastrophic yeah the quantum's a predator it doesn't do armor we don't take hits that's not that's not what we're about so you you always find then it was the same respect so we either really dominate the fight or it gets really bad <laughs> so, um, so yeah moving into this fight we've, we've been really close to fighting captain shred racer before and mm. they had a technical issue um, and weren't able to make it which was a shame so we, we just didn't know mm. what was going to happen here um cool. another thing that we were a bit concerned about was we, we had personally i had a bit of like a real lull after our blacksmith fight, which was the first unveiling of Quantum. Mm-hmm. And it got stuck in the top of it. It's the first time anybody had punctured AR material and it happened to us and we were stuck and it was a real deflation of all this hard work and that's what we have to show for it. And mm. um, I think we were a little bit suspect that there may be some AR plates underneath those plastic panels. Um, and the last thing we wanted to do, especially against shredderator was get stuck on them and start opening up the rule book of hold on a minute you did it to blacksmith now you're doing it to shredderator so we said let's let's not bite through them like normally we would go with a single tooth for ar plates um we went let's not risk it let's just go with double teeth let's just grip hold of them and just try and control the match but 
a couple of bites in, you start to this feels like you can kind of hear quantum whirring, you hear the sounds of it. This isn't loading up at all, actually. This feels a little bit spongy under here. You kind of just lean on the stick a bit more and it keeps going. <laughs> Hold on a minute. It's just like, it's ah, under here. Straight in. <laughs> yeah, lean on the sticks full belt. <laughs> Honestly, watching the fight, like it, it was just like, the t- like the first few, I think you kind of hit the rails on the, the ring of the spinner. And then as soon as you hit that kind of soft plastic on the, on the top and it was it was gruesome. There's like the way it was went. It it, it just disappeared. The, the, there was no resistance at all. It was glorious. Like what, mm-hmm. watching this fight was just. I mean, I, I want to say, Grant, you were driving, weren't you? Yes. Spectacular. <laughs> Unbelievably good. <laughs> just wall to wall to wall to wall. <laughs> great. Yeah. You know, what, what we don't really understand, we have. I mean, we've made minor tweaks on the drive, but it's more. There's nothing extraordinary we've changed we expected it to be very similar to last last time and at king of bots we were always able to show that power and that speed and control for some reason last time at battle bots we just i don't know whether it was the floor was so i think it probably was so warped whether whether it was us or, or what was going on but we never really had that really good solid grip we seemed to slide a lot more um yeah even when we grabbed people we never seemed to be able to just slam them around. And this this was good because it sort of gave us that confidence back that's actually, yep, the robot's doing what we want it to do. It's it's driving as we want it to do and it's got the grip and the power we want it. And that's, this first fight was a massive confidence boost for us uh, mm-hmm. to say that, yeah, we're not necessarily perfect with our driving or anything else yet, but that the robot was doing what it needed to do. And that then gives you the confidence to go forward and say, you know what, yeah, now we can plan our strategies properly. Now we can Now we can work on what we want to do. Speaking of strategy, uh, what are what are your thoughts on the new uh, wart in the arena that uh, is there? Because that wasn't there the last time you were here. The the shelf. Is there any way that, that that you guys were thinking that maybe you could use that to your advantage and that that's your <laughs> hey, it's there. Um, it's, it's one of but, those things where people always go, "Oh, you should to try and level the playing field. You should put things in the arena to, but." Everything that you put in the arena helps a vertical spinner. There isn't like you can put bollards in the arena, you can put shelves in the arena. They all help vertical spinners more than anything else. So our ethos was if we're on the shelf and there's a vert at full speed, let's just stay on there. What's the point? Live the fight another day. But to be honest, I mean, for us, we'll we'll do the best we can in any scenario. And for our machine, drive is so critical that the bigger and more open the arena, the better it is for us. However, it also does open some opportunities for us, like trying to get Shred in between the smaller gaps on there. So if it did get up to yeah. speed, we've got the advantage we, it, that hopefully it can't run away. It'll hit the wall and stop itself. So that does play on our mind. And certainly that was part of the strategy going into the fight. But as always, as soon as you're actually in the fight, you just forget about the shelf altogether. Um, right. You don't even realise it's there other than just trying to avoid it mm-hmm. um, and not, not run yourself into it. So... For, I wouldn't say it played a, a big role or any role really. When I would it came say probably the kill source are more of a, a thing to think about when you're driving than mm. the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the kill source for us, um, obviously, we do try and avoid them. Our chains are relatively exposed underneath, except for some small titanium plates. Um, so we'll usually try and avoid them. But what we do constantly keep in our mind is if we ever come up with anyone with forks we'll be driving all around those holes as much as we can. Um, <laughs> so, and again, that that's all plans and things you come up with before the fights. When you actually get to the fights, 
a lot of that just goes out the window. You you just lo- locked onto your opponent, frantically and, wiggle, wiggle yeah, the sticks. Then. There's <laughs> one one move in particular in in this fight in which it it really felt like classic Robo Challenge in which <laughs> you get the forks in and then you lift Shredderator up as you're <laughs> driving towards the screws. And I thought, man, I've I've missed it so much. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. It's really interesting, actually, how just that bit of transfer of weight all onto those front wheels gives us some really good power. Um, as soon as the robots, and I think it was the issue with Blacksmith, that when we bit them, we, we we tried to stay away from the front because they had the forks and dug in, and it really dug that back corner of their machine into the paint. And on the old floor, that paint was really thick, and I think that's one of the big things that sort of really made it difficult for us to slam people around. Whereas uh, this time, yeah, if you get it right and you can just lift them off the floor then you have some really good traction then to, to slam them around. All I wish is that those um, those rotators on the wall spun about two, three times quicker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things as well. When you, so you, you bite hold of the opponent and you let go to get the front wheels down, as Grant said, to give us as much traction as possible. But it's quite nice when you've let go and you slam them and the, you hit the wall and the both robots kind of separate and then you come back together again it, it always feels a bit more dramatic when the, when that happens so yeah it's it gives Grant a bit more control when you kind of release put those front wheels back on the floor um, mm-hmm. but obviously if they're hanging off the teeth that gives us even more grip to zoom around yeah it's just a ballast it's just a 250 pound ballast off the front of your robot yeah, uh, and like you say, it was the first time it started to look like Spectre and the way that Spectre performed. And like, actually, this is, yeah, this is quite cool again now. Yeah, that was always cool. <laughs> One big concern we did have going into this fight, though, is that they've obviously changed the rules for this season on pinning and biting as well. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I'm I'm not overly keen on is at the moment, if you hold them for... I can't remember the exact role for a certain period of time. You have to let go and then you have to back up a full floor square. And yeah. we were really quite concerned about that. Um, mm-hmm. But we we went probably a bit more than we needed to on this one to sort of, sort of try and get a feel for that, see how it would affect us going forward. Um, unfortunately, it didn't have too much of an issue in this, in this fight because horizontal spinners do take that bit longer to get up speed. Um, and even just find out which direction they're pointing. So it, it wasn't too bad for us. But that role change has been sort of quite a concern for us for this competition. Yeah, I think it's it's a combination of last year's corralling rule alongside the update to, I think it's gone from 30-second grapples to 20 um, this season. So, yeah. We're the only grappling robot left now. I was going to say, it's just, just you guys. <laughs> it's a targeted so, like, anti We don't need penalising. I completely understand it. You want the most interesting, exciting fights the whole way. But as we've seen with the shelf, I think a lot of it is these rule changes and these ideas for the arena. I think the, the thought process from the get-go is is right. And I, I like what BattleBots are trying to do, trying to keep changing things slightly mm. to do it. I just don't necessarily think the outcome of them is necessarily the outcome that they planned for them. No. I think it's, it's, yeah. it's the big thing. But I've got mm. no... I, I'm pleased that they are trying to come up with new ideas and new roles and new things with the arena to try and spice things up a little. Mm-hmm. Um, just hopefully they they find one that 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 does make a big enough difference for people. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's, it's nice to see some changes. Oh yeah. yeah. One thing I will say about Captain Shredderator, which I did find quite interesting, is obviously they tried to do the same thing that Gigabyte did last year with a kind of fork arrangement at the front, which yeah. 
I kind of looked at it and I thought, do you know what? Clever. Because, you know, you, you've obviously put the big wedge on, you know, to try to deflect those big hits. And if you, if they could disrupt that somehow, that's, you know, it's obviously going to work for them. But obviously just didn't get the chance to. They kind of spun up and hit the wall and one mistake was all you needed. And that was that. Yeah, well, we, they had, they had Captain Frederator covered up just right until they walked through the tunnel. <laughs> and we, we were sure they had something up their sleeve. And when we saw that, we were like, oh no, that's uh, <laughs> that's going to make things really difficult for us. But that's, you'll see the very first charge at them that we made, we weren't actually going for the box rush. Um, we were trying to sort of just go to the side and get them to change direction. As soon as they change direction, we know they won't be able to turn back on us quick enough. So we actually made sure that we missed them by enough that they had to turn and we could get around the opposite side. Otherwise going head on or trying to go slightly side on was too much of a risk for us, which is why we sort of uh, yeah didn't go for the box rush, although it looks that way. Um, yeah, it was purposely trying to not touch them at the start. <laughs> yeah. 4D, 4D chess being played. At, at... I was surprised. Shredderator last year had the, a setup where they could have bits on the top that span as well. Oh, it was it a few years ago. I can't remember. Yeah. But they, they used something like that to try and uh, stop, I think it was Hammers. I think it was Shatter. against Blacksmith or Shatter, yeah. Mm in which they had that piece on. And I, I'd have thought that would have been quite an interesting setup against something like a, a Quantum who... Well, we were sure that that's what they were going to do and why they covered it up. Um, mm. But, yeah, I, I don't know why they didn't go that route. I'm not sure. We, we're honest, not I don't think that would really work so well against us. Maybe hammers and things, because your first point of contact would be with the hammer arm. But for us, the first point of contact's with our front. And so... If, if they did have that, we'd just keep the head up out of the way so it didn't get hit. Yes. Unless, unless it was like a great big bar that was up and out of the way. But then, yeah, I think... If, 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 we, bite, if we bite down on that, the top anyway, yeah, if we bite down on the top anyway, those our teeth are gone if it's up to full speed anyway. Um, yeah. So, But personally, I probably would have run them if I was Captain Shred. But, um, yeah, I'm not really sure why they didn't. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's... It's one of those machines that if we let it get up to speed, we'd have been we'd have been in trouble. Um, the strange thing is, when we've seen it at King of Bots, and it's absolutely lethal. It's yeah. devastating out it there. Worked. It cleaves things apart. I, I felt sorry for one of the... There was an axe wrap up there, and he'd armoured up all around the sides and everything. He was, he was a beginner in the sport, and he said, as long as he doesn't attack me from the top, I'm fine. And somehow Captain Shred like, got catapulted off the floor flipper or something... And it landed on top of his well. <laughs> Blue air attack. Oh, poor chap. But yeah, out in China, it's absolutely lethal. So we knew that like, it doesn't matter what people say about its reliability or whatever. We knew it was a good bot when it worked. So mm. you, can't, you can't, can't give it any chance. But that's the thing. Although its reliability hasn't shown to be great the last few years, um, King of Bots and uh, Battle Bots, but when it does go, it is savage. And I think that's the same for every, almost every single machine in competition now, especially now the numbers have reduced from 60 down to 50. Yeah. You're getting a really high level of machines in this competition now. And so it, yeah, it's very easy to dismiss something on the basis of saying, oh, it's it's not worked that well in its last fight or last series or anything. But all you need is for it to get up speed once and it, it can destroy you. So I know a lot of people seem to think that crushes aren't the most exciting fights um, because there is a lot of pinning. But that's that's how we need to win a fight, unfortunately. Yeah, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but that's why we we don't 
we never go up to like the 30 seconds or the 20 seconds that you're allowed to go up to because we don't want people to watch it and go oh that was boring we want people to be excited by what we do like we're not in it to just win it it's, it's more important that we're driving at speed and we're showing what the machine can do rather than doing the doing the competitive thing of grabbing hold of them don't let go until we have to yeah absolutely absolutely well we'll talk about your upcoming matches a little bit later on um yep in the meantime yep and shredderator has to go fight hijinks after this so hopefully they do better well, they did well against <laughs> tombstone last year there's no reason why they can't do the same thing to this is to true hijinks. So watch out for Shredderator later on in the season. It'll be interesting to see how they recover. Uh, fight number three was Ripperoni versus Gruff. Pizza. All right, pizza. <laughs> All right, pizza. Um, so I think there was a post posted today by the Ripperoni team where they kind it of was. said why they kind of started so well the control was excellent at the start they kind of did that amazing little sciencey segment where they strip away all the armor and they show why they do you know they've got like big bulge on the back and you know it was a really interesting little bit and i hope battlebots do more of that yeah but the reason why they were controlling so well at the start is because that little kind of bulge here the silver kind of disc at the back was was running properly it was you know it was the, the flywheel inside was running it was acting as a sort of counterweight if you like to the front end uh the big spinner at the front however they had, were running forks on the front instead of this wedge that you can see here. The leading mm -hmm. fork got bent. Yeah. As a result, they had turned off the second flywheel and the gyroing was maddening. And yeah. you can see why they have to have that second flywheel because it was it looked uncontrollable. Yeah, I think he um he does a good job of driving. When when that little flywheel is off and they, they turned it off to conserve power for the big spinner because they knew they were going to have to self-write a lot with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it made sense. But, oh my God. <laughs> the the Beyblade spin across the arena was yep. great. exceptional. Like, the little breakdance across the arena but was it's wonderful. The, it's the hit in which they just bounce off the floor under just physics and <laughs> go flying. And it's that hit that damages the floor for the rest of the season. <laughs> there, <laughs> there is a ripperoni <laughs> hole in the arena now. Um, I think it's great seeing um, somebody going, okay, let's make a vert, but how do we use some innovation to yeah. take it to a level where other people aren't at yet? Mm -hmm. So it, it's awesome seeing it. And I think you need that first fight when you test that concept for the first time to go, okay, we're nearly there. We just need to do this little tweak, this little tweak. And um, it looks like a savage machine, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I've already seen several smaller weight class robots start to implement a counter-rotating flywheel in their spinner systems. And I think to to lead the path of potentially the next evolution of a vertical spinner is really quite interesting. Like, we're, we potentially are seeing history with this robot, and it's a pizza. It's a pizza. Yeah. It's amazing. Like smaller than just running a load of magnets in the floor as well. Oh, right. definitely. Yeah, there's, def there's definitely some, you know cons to running a lot of magnets because it's i mean if, if your whole design re relies on you know sticking yourself to the floor and the floor doesn't stay you know level all the time mm. uh and also if th the magnets themselves are have to be you know somewhat exposed to be able to you know work magnetically <laughs> uh because there is paint on the floor it's not just it's not just bare metal uh yeah you, you got to find a different way to, to stay you know gyrally stable if you're a vert 
uh, it's a it's a it's a complicated uh, engineering problem, and this is a a very unique solution to that. Yep, absolutely. I, I do want to give Gruff a lot of credit as well because they seemed way more on it than they were last season. Like it, they had a really slow start last year, and I feel like picked it up a bit later on, but it just it didn't really kind of you know it wasn't the Gruff that you kind of know and love, where like you know they're right at you straight away, they're in your face, and they're kind of taking those hits. It was full bore from the word go, really. Mm-hmm. They seem to not care about their robot. It's great to see because they it brings that character to their machine that they that they don't give you that chance that they don't care about the robot. They will <laughs> just run it into your disc to stop it. Yeah. Um, you know, that that makes them formidable. Yeah, it's it it, it it's uh it's very similar to how how duck would run, you know, just run, just break break your uh break your fist with my face kind of mentality. Where no matter what the bot looks like afterwards, if I won, I did my job. Uh, but man, oh man, this th- there's so many moments in this fight where you just see Ripperoni bouncing around, and then Gruff is just there running its fire and just you know basically parrying. And there's a great great hit into the shelf where it lifts it and almost gets it up top, but yeah. not quite. Uh, it hits like the uh. The, the the stanchion in the middle uh, uh that would have been a, that would have been a great move if it had actually thrown it up on the shelf but the the carry across the arena was almost just as good yeah it, uh, it, it had vibes of whiplash versus black dragon last season very much so yep where it gets like on the scruff and yeah. then it just takes it <laughs> super it, good you won't find many many people using a weapon like a lifter constantly into a disc as well mm. i know there's one thing of constantly ramming them and trying to break their disc on you on your very well armored machine but those forks aren't the strongest of forks and they just plow them right in um, yeah and th- that's really good to see that they don't hold back even yeah. after those forks break they still seem to be effective they've managed to find a way of keeping them in place enough to still be able to lift effectively and they almost become like floppy wedgelets at that point in which they can just lift up your opponent wherever and get under everything i also thought it was really cool seeing um, Gruff's flamethrowers working for three minutes, like mm-hmm. on and off, obviously. But I don't think we've ever seen Gruff using their their fuel effectively for three minutes for their yeah. flamethrowers. So that was cool. And I gotta say, I think, that, um... yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It was something where we were watching this match closely because obviously we knew that Gruff was going to be our next fight. So it was very intriguing. Going, man, that thing's reliable. They're relentless. The flames don't switch off. <laughs> weapon just seems to keep working. Like, hmm, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting fight. It's a tough customer. Uh, there's there's instances at the near the end of this fight where uh, where Gruff is uh, either peeling out or smoking or one of the two didn't look uh, at the end. Did they it? weren't moving. No, no, and 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 then the the pizza was on fire too, and. It, it, the last maybe a 15 seconds against, of this sure, fight surely, it, yeah. it, it's a this is the pre-functionality test we're like we're still working kind of all of us it's okay uh but uh, i think a, a very deserving judge's decision win for gruff no i agree yeah. uh, i think yeah. ripperoni's problem was more it, it kind of until the obviously the fork got bent it was looking you know really good for ripperoni but like after that point it was just all control and all aggression went to Gruff because Ripperoni couldn't control themselves and they couldn't, as a result, they couldn't be aggressive because right. they had the weapon spinning. That's great, but like they weren't using it in an aggressive manner. They just had it spinning because yeah. they, 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 they it was almost it defensive at that point. Correct. You have to say hats off to Ripperoni though. There's nowhere that you can safely run that machine to Ooh. actually check that the system works, that the concept works. They could have put it in that first fight and it'd be a complete disaster. 
Mm-hmm. So for them to turn up with a machine like that, that's so unique, so innovative, with no testing, and to be able to put on a display like that, I yeah. thought, yeah. you know, really encouraging, really awesome. I think they said it somewhere that they've they've spun up the flywheel on its own before, and they've spun up the the weapon on its own before, obviously tied down and at a safe distance and everything. They've never had both systems running at the same time because it, it they didn't know what was going to happen and they wanted to do it in the safest place possible, which is, of course, the battle box. Yeah. Um, so... I'm yeah. sure one of them told me they tested their flywheel, and because of the RPM that it goes, it's it failed at full speed. Oh, <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting confused, but I'm pretty sure they said that they tested it once and it didn't work. So it was awesome to see it working in the in that fight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, I have a feeling as well, if I remember rightly, because we were obviously taking a close look at uh, Gruff at this stage. That they were running quite a lot of magnetic downforce at the time, and that's why they were starting to have some issues with the with their drive system as well. Um, mm. But they've got quite an interesting drive system on Gruff, where they've got yeah. um, brushed motors and brushless combined in a single gearbox, mm-hmm. so that they get that low down torque and start up with then the extra power of the brushless sort of takes over at the higher speed. Um, so yeah, that was very interesting to see. Yeah, and I know you're sizing them up because they're up next for you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so how did you how did you fancy your chance with leading into that? How do you fancy your chances about a bot like beating a bot like Gruff uh, with your uh, your really strong weapon? But Gruff well, makes their own steel; it's their own alloy. So yeah, well, what, we've what, seen what them up fancy? against. You watch them up against Tombstone and things, and it's mm-hmm. just a tank. It's a sandwich shaped tank, but it's a tank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, they had a couple of chassis of one of a, a thicker, more solid chassis. Um, than the other um, and yeah there's not really any way we could see on it that you think if we go for there we'll we'll pierce through um, and like you say it's they had their own designed as well isn't it where like vulnerable bits are underneath those flame sections there mm-hmm. or close to them so you've almost got like extra layers of armor and components above them so you know it was a really interesting one way like this is going to last a long time this fight is um, and they don't seem to die mm-hmm. and th- there's there's this kind of pressure that I never really like where people come up to you and go, oh, Gruff, you're going to win that one. You know, uh, that's, it's easy said that's done, not right? necessarily... It's never a sure thing. No. <laughs> I like the confidence. But... Yeah, so we were going into the, the Gruff fight, really, saying that we, we're expecting a three-minute fight and we need to do everything we can to show that we've been on top of them the whole fight because it's so well-armoured. It's, it's, it's quick, it's powerful. With the magnets drive as well, we... We were, we were thinking that if we go and bite onto it at all, trying to just push it, it'll basically be stuck to the floor with all those magnets in as well. Um, and then with the with their new lifter being so quick and they'll just fire it all the time. If they if they had that half up um, just under, underneath our jaw or something and lift us up, we're going to be up and over all the time. So for us, it was a case of let's make sure that we just put on the best performance we can and try and win it on a, a judge's decision over three minutes. So that's sort of the mentality that we we went into that fight with um, we, we also had them um, obviously it's not come up yet but um we were thinking well if, if we were fighting quantum with that we'd modify those forks and they did and it was like ah we we sent uh, rob and henry out to get some fireproof materials as well so everything inside yeah. we, we wrapped up properly um 
because again, of, um, cookie um, silicon plates that you bake cookies on. Yeah. So there you go. Wrapped <laughs> everything in there. So. <laughs> nice. That's so good. It, 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 it's one of those things that for us, we there's never a robot we go against and we think this is going to be a, a win for us or an easy win. Is mm. there's, there's so many things on every every single machine that you think that could quite easily beat us doing this. And mm. so, yeah, we, we you, you just have to look at everything. Um, I'm sure most people go into the fights thinking the same. Yeah. But it's it's very, the grounded approach. Like, you know, I mean, every bot has a chance to win every fight. I mean, I've, we've said that multiple times here on this podcast for the fact that, like, if there's there's very fewer bots that don't have a chance of going on a run, given the right schedule. Uh, it's, 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 it should come up because, I mean... Russia. I mean, for us, I'd rather go in against Tombstone than I would against yeah. Gruff, I think, in terms of saying, which one have we got a better chance of getting a win in? Um, we've got more chance of taking a lot more damage from Tombstone, but I think under the right circumstances, we've got a better chance of beating something like Tombstone than we have something like Gruff that's well-driven and relentless and most likely go the three minutes. Mm-hmm. And you can never truly predict how a fight's going to go. I mean, it's ironic we were having that conversation when we saw the fight here with Ripperoni that who could predict what that thing was going to do next? No. I mean, I don't think even the drivers quite knew no. what it was going to do next. So. Chaos theory. Yeah. Fair, fair play to Fred for a keeper get kind of vaguely pointed in the right direction. I enjoyed him running, running around really to good. carry on driving. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, who, who knew that you could just run around the box? Whoa. You know, you don't have to stay in your box technically. Uh, but, you know, yeah. teach their own. Absolutely. He looked like he was having fun. He was having fun with his mustache and making mm-hmm. sure that it was looking good on camera. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fight number four. Yep. Halfway through. Oh, yeah. The... Also, Ripperoni. Ripperoni is getting thrown the book at uh, them. And, this and, is their perfect fight. Endgame yeah. so, as well, right? Ooh. Uh, uh, you know the phrase out of the frying pan into the fire. Or, Literally. You know, they've, just, they've just had the fire and now they get more fire. Um, Scary. Well, so, we'll see. We well, well, see. One thing I do like about Ripperoni, though, is the small details. Like on the on the front of the the robot, they've obviously got all the uh, the the ingredients on yeah. there. Oh, yeah, so. <laughs> their opponent's name written on. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the next small customer. details do make a difference. <laughs> and it, it was like I think the locking bar as well was like a it's knife. It was, it was a bread knife, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just bread. Oh, it was just, just bread. bread. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was, it was a loaf of bread. Class, absolute class. Silly. Um, right now to fight number four, which. I'll be honest. I so I'm the biggest Shatter fanboy here. It is honestly, it's a gorgeous piece of work. You know, everything inside is spectacular. You know, it always looks the part with all the geometric shaping on it. This is not a good matchup at all for Shatter. It is just, mm-hmm. what can they do? I like, loved the the pre match interview with Adam saying, yeah, he thinks it's going to go three minutes and. Uh, yeah, I reckon we, we stand a chance. And then you watch the, the pre-fight on their YouTube channel. It's like, this is not good for us. I, I hate it. It's awful. Um, it's, like, what, what can Shatter do? Like, they, like, okay, they went for the, the Mary Special uh, hammer that they used um, mm. against Blacksmith last year kind of to kind of maybe snipe oh, a belt or two, yeah. which they did manage to do. They sniped one weapon belt. The only problem is Huge has four. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Huge this series just unbelievable isn't it look how well do you see how well it moves it's, it's so such nice. a it's such a departure from when it was so first cumbersome seen it. it was so slippery right? 18 like, with no grip like it was on now. ice yeah now it's i think they've, they've made so many upgrades to it it's the world's apart the two robots the uh the rear standoffs have been bulked up because they flexed a lot last series and the the series before so they're 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 really strong now um and 
yeah, they they went with the Tegris wheels, which they they've been testing out and they work well. And the new S blade, which is, I mean, they they've worked on the drive last season, and now they've worked on the weapon being, oh my god, just awful to face. Um, yeah. it, it's, ladies and gentlemen, this is huge. Like yeah. you could reintroduce this robot as a brand new this year because it is finally living up to potential. It's big, yeah. you know they they do so well in the, the the smaller weight classes. You know they've you know they as as we mentioned we did our preview last week. You know they won the twelve pound class in normal mm-hmm. havoc. You know mm-hmm. that concept has got so much potential, but we've never really seen it exploited to its fullest. You know we've we've seen it you know have flashes of mo- you know greatness, but it hasn't. This was brutal. Like shatter, like getting the tops ripped off, and you know the billet was starting to get cut up, and all the bits were coming out, and the hammer stopped, and oh, it looked huge. in a similar shape against Riptide last season, I would say, to how it looked at the end of this fight. I mean, it it was completely done in, and it's massive kudos. You know, Adam's you know, such a great team. We've been around with the world with them competing, and you always get to see it, and they always get underestimated. And somehow mm. they, they beat spinners, they beat all these robots where you go, geez, how did you manage that? Like, your omni-wheel drive, which is a nightmare. You, mm. w- If it was on a marble floor, yep, then you can imagine that would be great, but you're dealing with potholes and all sorts of stuff. And yet they managed to do it um, and to turn up with a robot like that each year. Um, you know, hats off to the guys. It's really good team, really well engineered. How they fight something like huge and last for the period that they did is mm. you know really hats big hats off to adam and the team yeah and they do get this really they, they, they do get this really good drive into the shelf uh and yes that is going to be peeled up for the rest of the event that one spot on the shelf i don't think they ever actually like cut that spot uh, no, that that, that little corner, it was it's just peeled up there. So yeah, another another Broken. way to track when fights happens. Um, uh, but no, that it, it was a solid drive. We we spoke to Adam um, as part of our set of interviews at the event. You'll get to see um, that I think next this coming Friday uh, yeah. is when that one comes out. And he talks about some of the upgrades and things. But he said it's it's faster, it's stronger, more pushing power now as well because they've altered the position of the magnets underneath so that mm-hmm. they're getting more downforce it's great and uh, as you said Sam earlier they do get the hits in they they manage to snipe a weapon belt they manage to take off one of those self writing um, poles they got mm. huge up onto their side that, that could have been curtains for huge imagine that win like, how, like that would have been unbelievable to think about wouldn't it but it just didn't quite happen for them yeah, it's savage. And when you're fighting something like huge, especially when you've got a robot like Shatter that is different to, to the rest of the field, it must be so disheartening to go in and just have that much damage taken and think you've got to try and pick yourself up for the next fight and think that was just a one-off and, and mm. sort of put that behind us. But losing with that much damage and, and everything that they did I mean, it, it was a, a great, um, a great achievement for them. But at the same time, it's like we came out of our first fight thinking, you know, what we're we're doing really well. This is performing as we want it. It's doing doing everything we wanted and gives gives you the confidence. But when you take a loss like that in the first round, it's very difficult to get your bearings back and make sure you come back in full form next time. I was yeah. going to say as well, like, is obviously 
you're not dissimilar to Shatter in a sense that like you have a weapon which is kind of like it have to be directly in front of you and you have to kind of go arc down. It's huge like a nightmare draw for you guys as well. Like if, yeah. if ever you got yeah, I was gonna say it's just like it can hit all Absolutely. the nice bits on top and everything. It's just it just if we've got three mil titanium on top, it, it would just slice through without looking at it. Unless we made some major mods and I still don't it's one of those things where it's it's a difficult one because in, in the final of uh, King of Bots 1, um, our opponents started making all these attachments to to take us on and, and it's the mind game start then and, and we start thinking, well, do we start making like a lifter attachment that goes onto the front of the head and yeah, we started oh, producing one in Titanium. Full style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're trying to think of, yeah, how do we take on this, yeah, they're putting this anti-Spectre thing on. How do you counter, how do you counter their counter? But then Henry quite rightly said, look, what we've done so far has steamrolled everybody. They're doing it because they're worried. Yeah. Don't change your game plan because we're this good is, at what we yeah. do. If we start trying to use the head as a lifter, we're going to completely mess things up. We've never done it before. We're not rehearsed at it. It's not what the robot does. So you got to think when, when you fight something like huge, well, how do we how do we make something so we're not just cannon fodder? We don't just want to put it in there to get destroyed. But how do we make something that complements the robots? Let's not completely change our strategy. Let's not add a lifter on there or something like that. Let's think about how do we use quantum in the way that quantum should be used but give, enables us to fight a robot like this. Mm. And we don't know what I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> Something to think about over the next few months, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, let's move on to fight five, which was Riptide mm. versus Glitch. If you wanted one that wasn't really a fight. Yeah. I was going to say, this was, I mean, it was two hits. One and done. Yeah. Um, well, I, you say one and done. It was two hits, and one of them was All a right. little, little cheeky what? hit at the one, end. I wasn't. Mm, not sure one and, one and done, followed by one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This this yeah, that, was that didn't go down too well in the pits. Though. I'm not surprised. Like, no. I, like when, I, when I was watching it, like the only thing I'd say is at the moment, from from, from my perspective, watching it on TV, you don't really know how much time there is between the first hit when they're turned over and then the follow up. No, but you saw it. In... Yeah, but you, I was, but I was going to say, like, yeah. It, yeah, you can. I can only imagine. Well, Jeff and obviously all four of you were there, so <laughs> yeah. you can tell yep. me how long it was. But yep. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a big thing in the in the hobby, especially when you get to the level of battle bots, where everyone's got a good mutual respect for everyone. They realise the work that's gone into these machines, and that you do absolutely everything you need to do to get the job done. And, no more. and unless you're fighting them in the next round in an hour's time, you sort of if they're if they're we were just talking you, about Razor. What is this gentleman's agreement we're speaking of here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's yeah, it, it's one of those we, things. We've you... been on the end of it, haven't we, Grant? With Lockjaw, yeah. when the mm-hmm. robot was dead, we've lost. It's it's a bit of pill to swallow, and then to see them getting up to full speed. Like, what's happening here? And then they cleave into the side of the robots. Yeah. We suffered more damage in that than we did mm. in the in fight. The fight. Mm. And I, it's, it, it's difficult <laughs> to swallow it at the time. It's mm. very difficult. It, it does take a day or two to kind of come around. And you know, Donald came up to us afterwards, and and he did apologise after mm. after a little while. I think he knew that it that's not how the sport works. Mm-hmm. And, and he's been around long enough to know that. So yes, yeah. So hats off to him. There's no like, and we would never 
do that to somebody like if they're stuck or if they're dead or something which we have done previously yes. but but i mean th- this was such an obvious handicap yeah. handicap for, for later because uh, so i was actually speaking to a few people over the weekend and basically my understanding is that this weapon bar on glitch took a big big hit and obviously the there's a big chunk of it missing afterwards yes <laughs> the only the only saving grace that i have it's it's not it's not an excuse for the late hit because I, I think i agree with you guys i think it was kind of fairly obvious and I, I didn't it didn't really sit right with me but like the only thing i can kind of give him a, a pass for ethan is there is a wheel moving on glitch yes that's the only thing i can kind of be like okay so maybe he thought they might start start up again and give him one more but like i just it, it was kind of it was dead come on now <laughs> the, the yeah, still... to, sometimes you have to go to these dark places and make a mistake yeah and as long as you put your hands up and go actually in I got, the I got that date afterwards yeah. i got that wrong then then people aren't gonna love you for it um we, we all make mistakes there's always things we go oh we should have done that or maybe that wasn't the right call and and hopefully that's that's the case here. Hats off to him. It's a really savage machine. Mm. Um, that that single hit kill glitch. It, that's the level that we're at now with with spinners. Is they are capable of that, and you either build your robot to take that impact and carry on, or you do something else that ensures that you don't get that hit in the first place. With glitch, they've gone for a really cool omni wheel design. It can strafe off, which is amazing, but mm. It gives you that ability to strafe, but it takes away some of the other ability for control. Yeah. When you take some of that away, you're then getting into the realms of we're going to get hit by a spinner now. Um, and I just think that yeah, that it's we're at a level where you can't accept hits now from spinners. You you have to try and avoid them. I do like Glitch's shape, but I do think it is it's very wide. And it leaves a lot of surface area where the weapon's not pointing to leave open to get hit. Uh, I mean, we saw Riptide got got that corner, basically. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed they didn't go weapon to weapon, but I know that the the weapon on Riptide is kind of one of a kind thing and, and very expensive to manufacture. And um, they, they, I don't know if they had a, re- a yeah. replacement for it. So, um, yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, a lot of this comes down as well to things like um, Riptide reminds me very much of uh, Death Roll, where you mm-hmm. stick to stick the weapon so far out the front to make the robot quite narrow mm-hmm. that you can just charge at people without too much worry as well. You've got a very good chance of hitting them first, and you haven't got much spare surface area for them to get you. And that that's what De- Death Roll doesn't need to play the ground game because they've stuck the weapon out so far in front. Again, you lose some control on it, but it gives you advantages in other areas. Yeah. Um, yeah, Riptide, I think, is is in a very similar sort of uh, very similar level on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, this fight was over very very soon. One hit, all the encoders break, everything just blows up, and the poor glitch once again. I don't know what we have to do to get this robot ready before its fight long in advance. Uh, it's so stressful. Uh, I I can't imagine what that was like because it was it looked like when they were testing it, it was late. The night it, it, it was late and uh they were just trying to get it you know in and ready and it was ready to go and then kyle says to ethan go weapon on weapon like dude you just got this bot together 
you're just gonna lose it immediately. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there was like a there was like a probably almost fifteen, probably almost close to twenty second lull of just glitch upside down, and then Riptide just punts them. Uh, I so, don't know whether yeah. they were told to engage or something, but it's possible. But yeah. it's I don't know. That's a that, I don't know. I'm, I'll leave it at that. But anyway, yeah, I think you have to give people I, I don't the really benefit know. of the doubt and and hope that it was just a mistake. And yeah. that's absolutely yeah. But I, I don't really know. Seeing that fight back, what glitch could have done? They could have tried to outdrive it or anything. I don't think they had the maneuverability or or anything extra that they could have done. Um, I don't think there was any other outcome really to this fight, unfortunately. Yeah, it was, it's, a, it's a tough matchup for Glitch, certainly. Mm-hmm. Which you'd expect for a robot that did so well last season. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because we look back on all of our fights, and anytime we lose, you you watch them back and you think, oh, if I'd have just done this or I'd have just done that, it could have turned the whole fight around. But in this but case, at this what, one, what'd you I do? Don't... <laughs> what'd you yeah. do? <laughs> but you learn so much more from those losses. You know, yeah. It opens up so much, so many questions get answered through those. When you go in there, you you give them one hit and you win. There's very little that you can learn from that fight other than you got the, the win. But the big difference between this fight and the the Ripperoni fight is why they kept mm-hmm. their weapon going because they wanted the data on the robot. They wanted to know what would happen if, and so they they kept it going and you know see what happened sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, in future fights. Oh, I I blew it. Uh, so <laughs> the uh, the huge next hugest next fight. Uh, going back to our previous batch, huge fights Blip next, uh, mm. which could be curious because I don't know if Blip can reach them. And then you have the the ultimate hammer fight of all time uh, between uh, Beta and Shatter, and that's going to be beautiful. I'm excited. Uh, Riptide gets to fight uh, Mad Catter, which is potentially it, interesting. It, 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 it right that the story writes itself. It does. And then and then you have Glitch going up against, I believe it's Lockjaw. Uh, and then yeah. that, we, that, we've that been should at be... this book for three years. We don't know all the all the backstories. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll tell yeah. you after the after the recording. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, Mad Catter, we we know it from King of Bots, of course. And yeah. there was always something where, yeah, you know, they they always did an awesome job, but it never quite reached its potential. Seeing it this year, you go, "Geez, Mason, yeah. they've they've." Taken a step up there. I really would. It's want grown to up it now. Yeah, as oh, has yeah. the team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Fortunately, everyone really has. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, I thought you were going to say, Joe, there's just something about that Martin guy. I was just, I was yeah. just like, waiting for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I really, I, like, Martin. I really like Martin. We spent um, <laughs> spent two three weeks stuck in a small room with him and uh, from Megabyte at the last film. So. There you go. He goes on well. Good, good. He's, yeah, really nice chap. Um, a good team player as well. And. Mm. Uh, yeah, it, they've they've been in the sport a long time. They know what they're doing. But when, when I saw their machine this year, I'm like, oh, that's taken a few steps forward. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> we've we've definitely been away a few years. <laughs> it is okay. We don't hold it against you. Absolutely not. No, no. We we did sign up and enter every series of BattleBots. We just oh uh, yeah had to pull out from uh, COVID. Good <laughs> yeah. intentions. Unfortunately, we were one of the only realistic teams that when we were coming up to weeks before thinking this isn't going to happen. And so instead of taking a load of time off work to uh, to build the machine, we thought, let's put tools down. There's no way we'll go. And uh, fortunately, saved ourselves a lot of time and money in the process. <laughs> Probably sensible thing to do, for sure. Um, Apple Ultimate Fight for this week yes. is free shipping and gigabytes. Obviously, you mentioned you've obviously spent a lot of time with the Megabyte team out in China as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this, to me screamed of 
inexperienced driving and not having tested well i don't know how much they would have practiced obviously gigabyte is such a, a demon of chaotic energy where do you test that you know i, I, I know john melandic has done some testing on his driveway before yeah we, we, very low speeds say yes. if you were going to have a fight with new people driving who had never driven a battle bot before this is the fight that you'd put the robot in mm. but you know it's it's such a beast gigabyte mm. that if yeah. it's at speed and you touch the wall it it becomes very very difficult for the driver it's yeah. chaotic um, for sure yeah. And yeah, you say it's a good fight for them, but I mean they're going up against one of the storied drivers of the sport. And actually, it's a, it's it really is a Robo Games fight. Uh, with you know, with in, in, in the difference being that free shipping now has weapon. Uh, but yeah, this this is a this is a tricky fight even for a new a new driver anyway against somebody like Arijin. But hey, yeah, and, and, and the, like, yeah. there's nowhere to practice with these things. Are so dangerous that like. It's it's like expecting a new person to get into an F1 car and set some kind of blistering lap. It's just yeah, it's really difficult. Outside mm. of playing the sort of third-party robot combat video games, there's no real simulator for this sort of thing. No, and no. let's be no. real, the the physics aren't the same no. as as feeling it in it's, your hands. It's it's unfortunate because you know I like the idea that they've gone with with you know color coding the pole so you can kind of see where you're going. Okay, it's not. Perfect, you know. I know Jevon. If you doesn't help the color blind, <laughs> did, did not notice it was two colors for the first week of filming. Uh... <laughs> but it, you know, and it, you know, you kind of mentioned as well, Steve. You know, Gary is such a experienced, you know, hand at this at this point. You know. That's original sin. Like <laughs> it, it is. It <laughs> you really can't is. argue. Yeah. That is original sin with a spinner, and mm-hmm. that's dangerous. Yeah, with fire. In yeah, it's dangerous to be put in the arena with. So um, this was a fun match, though. Yeah. yeah, I gotta yeah. say, I, I I was quite impressed with the pretest driving with Gigabyte. So I was I was curious to see how that was going to transfer mm. to, translate to the fight. But once they got spinning, it's very hard to drive that robot. I imagine. I imagine it yeah. pulls. You know, it with that with that disc spinning, it's a whole different beast. Um, yeah, well, the, the thing is, John John's got many years of experience with Gigabytes, mm-hmm. and he was getting it to a point where the reliability, the drive, and everything was starting to actually get very good. Mm-hmm. And he moved from the Etex to the Lems. Um, fairly recently and they've been doing really well and performing well but obviously this time around he's got a whole new team that have never used or driven this type of robot mm-hmm. um, and they've made a number of changes so they've massively increased the speed of the drive and that I think is one of the biggest mistakes they've made because going full speed on the drive or even moving very quickly while you try to spin up with this yeah, just doesn't work that's where you start getting bobbing yeah, around this thing they pushed it to full speed I think right in the starting square and then right immediately the bot is facing backwards and that's yeah. already disorienting uh, and then from that point on Gary is all over them mm-hmm. uh, does not give them a chance to breathe uh, Gigabyte just keeps slamming into the walls it, it, it has no idea where it's going uh, and that was kind of a shame because I was excited to see this robot again but once again it's it's very hard to move in an arena uh, I, I mean, I, I third I, of it is blocked off, right? I I, I can say that, yeah, because it it seems like they spent a lot of time over by the drivers' bays early early on in this fight, and then they get chucked into the corner, and then from there it's just a clinic by Gary, uh, and then the pole comes off, and then we Beyblade, and uh, I mean, because the rest is history at that point. Yeah, but it's a classic thing, I'd say, if you need to massively decrease the speed of the drive on that, just mm-hmm. go back to sort of bite force speeds or less, and. And just make sure you've got some control. So in the heat of the battle, you start jamming the sticks around. Oh yeah. On a robot like Gigabyte, you've got no chance of getting up speed. Mm. And unfortunately, this was like a 
a big lack of experience and understanding of this type of machine from the new team. Um, and I'm sure that'll come in time. Yeah, but I'm sure this, well, this is the fight you need. You know, yeah. sometimes you need a fight like this to be like, OK, that's what not to do uh, going forward. You know, this is th this is the way forward. So, you know, it's a learning experience. And that's that's the first time kind of driving gets, you know, you got to yeah. hats off to them. They they kept in the fight for a little while. And um, yeah, you, you don't learn until you jump in with both feet and give it a go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, it's when all those when it's upside down, all the sparks start coming out. You think yeah. maybe, maybe it's time to turn it off. Maybe yeah. turn it down a little bit. <laughs> it was it was weird because like I was I was watching this with a, a group of people and like when they're like, why didn't they just turn it off and then like let let the whole inertia of the robot kind of like give it a chance to see see what happens? You know, turn it off first and then see. But mm. again, that's another experience that you don't know until you you try it once and then it doesn't Spin work. Spin it up to fall and pull. Just play Beyblades in the arena. It's fine. <laughs> it's all good. Maybe not. Um, Steve, future matchups. Who have you got? Oh yeah, future matchups. All right. So we got uh, coming up for Mr. Gary Jin and free shipping. His fight is coming to be is going to be against the Brazilian Bull in Minotaur. Uh, good a luck. Robo Games matchup. If it is before. another Robo Games matchup, isn't it? It's like Toro Maximus and Original Sin. I wonder if that's a theme for this year for his <laughs> uh, for his uh, schedule. Uh, and then you have uh, Gigabyte going up against Bloodsport, which should be a tasty matchup. Uh, fire v Fire. I really like to see this new Bloodsport. We'll see the new Bloodsport coming up to up coming up. I think it's episode three. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get to see what kind of what kind of power they're packing, and then from there, we'll see if they have a chance against Gigabyte. Let them rip. <laughs> Let them rip. Well, main events. We finally yeah. made it. Now, obviously, huh. Grant and James Grant and James, you obviously have been to China with the Tantrum team, and obviously you would have seen them in season four. How much of a kind of stark difference was there between obviously what they had then and what they have now because yeah. like obviously we've seen tantrum go on to yeah. be a top four finisher and, and obviously yeah. are now a champion of battle bots this like, is a far cry from boxing champion does it, does it does it surprise you like you know was it kind of like ever that inclination of okay they're going to get somewhere with this or is it kind of like oh my god like what a leap forward sort of thing i think it was, it was interesting because it's um back in king of bots it was a good robot it mm. was a brand new one they come up with a new concept a really interesting concept. It's something that I'd thought about before of having like a hood over a spinner so you could then hide it, get it up to speed, and then bring it bring like a foil back and and get the opponent with it. So they've done that in a in like a unique way of bringing it back. Um and given that it was a brand new robot back at the time, I thought it, it was a really neat machine. Um their philosophy. I think is more about the drive and being able to take those impacts from people. Um, and that's hundred percent what you have to do. If you want to be a champion in the sports, you can't have the biggest weapon. You can't have the best army. You have to have the best drive. Mm -hmm. That's what this sport's all about. Um, so I think they've obviously made leaps and strides. Their team, yeah, Aaron in particular is very good at learning. He's very good at improving um his designs really good engineer probably one of the best in BattleBots, i'd say um yeah really really top team this these guys are if you take the performance of the actual robot out of the equation he's uh, he's made a massive leap in actual driving um aaron spent huge amounts of time just practicing with this thing gone through so many sets of wheels on it um <laughs> testing at home and that's shown massively in the last two, three series of BattleBots, that significant improvement in drive. 
Um, and like I say, that's not just the physical changes and improvements of the robot. It's the his skill level has has massively increased through this. Um, unfortunately, this matchup is is one yeah. way your drive isn't necessarily the the, the key thing. <laughs> well, when you yeah. go up against like another incredible driver in in Daniel, you know Daniel Freitas, yeah. just yeah. on, on fire, like literally, like from the word go, kind of. Had a little bit of a shaky start, you know, Tantrum did get that kind of nice glancing hit on the side where it turned it over. But as soon as, you know, Minotaur got that one big hit on the, on the self-writer, that was pretty much curtains. You know, as, as, yeah. as soon as you kind of see the, the self-writing poles fall apart, you're like, okay, one more hit and it's probably going to be done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I think one of the big... They've been practicing driving Minotaur for years and years. They've it's a really honed in design. They've got the same team working on it, the same person driving it. You expect a level of performance with that and they, they always seem to deliver. Um, and that, that counts for so much in this sport, having, having somebody who's driving it day in, day out, every tournament. And you can see when it starts to gyro, he's able to counter it in ways that other people just don't. If before it, it even touches down, upside down, it, he's mm-hmm. already caught it and it's gyroing back over. It's, mm-hmm. it's so impressive. Absolutely. But uh, I think one of the, the big downfalls for Tantrum on this one, mm-hmm. again, is drive speed. Every, he's, it's as quick as it's ever been with magnets holding it down now. And you can see quite clearly that it just loses that pinpoint accuracy. And although he's very good at driving and he hits the targets all the time, Every hit, they then go at opposite ends of the arena and then come back at each other. And it gives Minotaur time to level up with them. And they're always going head on. Mm-hmm. And if you're going head on, head to head with Minotaur, there's very little chance you're going to win. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's an incredible machine with a lot of energy. And so I personally think if they'd have, if their driver was a bit slower and more controlled than this one, and they, Minotaur never got, a, got more than a few feet away, I think that could have swayed the whole direction of this fight. Um, but as soon as you get 10, 20 foot away from them in the arena, all you can do is full speed head on. Um, and that's a lot of what this fight was. Yeah, this was going to be very tricky for, for Dylan, for, for sure. Absolutely. I, I, I think even with all his driving experience in the previous season, uh, it, it, it was, it was still going to be a, a, a tough, a tough task, uh, to, to outdrive, to outdrive Benatar in this fight. And, you know, it's, it, it comes down to, you know, controllability and speed. And, and that's that, that we've touched that. We've touched on that actually a lot in this podcast where it, like, that's really a huge key. Uh, Jevin, you were saying. Yeah. The, the attachment they had on the front, I think I've nice been umming and ahhing about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a decent idea. And I think it could have worked, um, obviously had it not got twanged up. Um, yeah. because as soon as that happens, even slightly, Minotaur's got the advantage and can hit it pretty much anywhere. So, you know, it's it's a shame. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen this fight if Tantrum had have run the forks. Hmm. I want to know what would have happened. I know I don't, I don't drum, think it makes drums, drums because, tend to beat forks. I was going to say, because like, we, we saw what happened last year with Endgame. Like, you just, Minotaur just broke them all. Yeah. <laughs> it would just do the same thing here, I think. Yeah. Or even just flat-faced it. I don't know, but... Yeah, it, it was a tough one. Tantrum got one or two hits in. I mean, they, they managed to start to turn them. And then there's another hit with the weapon you see in the slow-mo replay that they just mm. hit the, the drum, and that's what tips it. Mm. But obviously, as we said, Daniel can catch that sort of thing now and come straight back in and on the aggressive. I enjoyed them trying to continue to move and communication between the, the driver and uh, the self-writer 
yeah. operators and he's saying, right, lift the tree, Mick, and I'll wiggle the thing. I'll wiggle the <laughs> we'll see if we can shuffle around. <laughs> shuffle around. It's a yeah, nice idea. Just and, good luck. But I mean, at that point, it was. It, it was I mean, it, it was over once. Once the self writer gets hit, and after that, I mean, tantrum is still mobile. It's just. Uh, it's it's not got its wheels on the ground and that's no. kind of key yeah uh but th- you know after that it's you know it's it, it's all daniel and all the all, all the way really really solid win uh i mean this is this Most is a bot you want to win against as well, right? i think when's the last time that a uh returning champion lost their first fight not happened so far so no, there you hasn't. go that's a, a not, strange not since record season to set. five okay. of BattleBots back in the classic series the classics yeah um it was quite cool seeing the tantrum kind of the banner. Yeah. That's a very sports like thing. You yeah. know, Do you want to you know like a to little have... uh, little tidbit about it? Go sure. on. Oh, yeah. Off, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah it, um, the, the first time they tried to unveil it, it got stuck. Yep. <laughs> so they had to. They had it to carry awkward. on with the reaction as everything, but they refilmed the uh, the banner unveil itself okay. because it got stuck. Oh, yeah. that's a shame. Eventually but they got it, it down. Was, it, was, <laughs> it felt so very tantrum. Yeah, <laughs> of course. It, it was the little banner unveil that could. Yes. <laughs> and it's great to see um, a team so, like those guys that they always come up with innovation. Um, Blip is a masterpiece as well. The attention to detail to get them to run in that fine narrow window of performance is um yeah really down to a lot of hard work from the team so um although this won't be an ideal matchup and i think they've got a crazy difficult schedule um, yes. which doesn't give you much time to breathe or to get your get your feeling into it um you know it's always going to be a really tough robot to beat and um and it's one of those where you could go, you could run this match ten times and get a completely different fight every time. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because really, I mean, the, 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 given a different day or a different, you know, a different blow of the wind, it's it, who, who knows how this fight ends up. Uh, it could just be that you know Minotaur gets broadsided, even though uh, with their thick armor package and the fact that like a lot of their bot is very centrally located, a lot of their electronics are very much compact and a lot of the stuff you can hit is just it's just metal yeah. uh so that that's that that would have been you know curious to see if they were able to you know get to them much like how uh witch doctor got to them last season yeah. uh toward the end uh speaking of uh <laughs> matches coming up and possible controversy and talk about it later uh both tantrums. of these robots <laughs> yeah well, I, was, so, I, was gonna, hmm. I was gonna say so obviously we know minotaur's next fight is free shipping tantrum you do know that. is uh is Hydra, I believe, right? Is the yeah. second fight? Yeah. Maybe we can hear some more lovely comments from Facebook groups and whatever. But you know, I I hope it's just a nice fight and they they finally get to see a, a, you know. A, that you know, was a... our hope going in because when we heard about this, we thought, hmm, I think we, I know what they're doing, but I don't like it. <laughs> we we found out on day one that this rematch was going to happen, and we were mm. like, oh come on, yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is lazy writing. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd just been told that that Witch Doctor was to fight Minotaur again. It was just like, mm-hmm. oh, just leave it. Don't need to reopen the old. Movies, we want the we? results that we wanted. Different results. <laughs> nah, I don't know. I'm just kidding, obviously. But you know, hey, it's a it's a prove it. Let's 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 see if it was a fluke, <laughs> and if it wasn't, then. Cool. Well, I mean, the I don't know, I don't know if it was a 
if you can even class it as that, because as we just said about this fight, you could run it ten times, it'd be different results of every course. time. So see? <laughs> let's just do it for the next ten seasons <laughs> and, and, uh, and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Such fine margins where we look at our losses and you go, oh, we just did that. It would have all gone differently. But then you go, really? that, that has to be the same for the wins for the, as course, well. Yeah, this this went right because we did this differently instead of like we would, what we would have done before, sort of thing. Yeah, and well, as expected, Tantrum's whole schedule is is hell. Yeah, so it's, it's good terrible. luck to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tantrum have Whiplash later. I can't remember their third uh, end game again, isn't it? Oh, oh, blip, oh blip. Yes, yeah. of course. TV team v team that almost happened but didn't. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. Well, obviously, we've kind of discussed everyone else's schedules coming up, and obviously, yes. we've discussed a lot of things in this episode. I am conscious we've got on a very long time, and you know, thank you for anyone who's still listening and watching, and obviously, thank you yeah. to Grant and James as well. Last thing to kind of discuss is your schedule. Yeah. Obviously, we talked a lot about Gruff. Black Dragon and Emulsifier are your two other two fights. Big verts. As, as you said, the field is full of them. What was your yeah, kind of reaction? We were going to yeah. be fighting them sooner rather than later. Um, obviously, started off with Shred. I would have rather started off with Gruff because you just have that mindset of going, at least the robot's not going to be written off after. Mm. And that's that's always, whether you win or lose, at least we'll have a robot. Whereas <laughs> after the verts, you're always in that camp and the full body spinners again. It, it doesn't matter what's... You know, it doesn't matter what our last fight is. If we don't, if we don't have a robot after Black Dragon, then this doesn't really matter. So I actually didn't want to know what our matches matches were. Um, they they were telling everybody what the matches were, and uh, so I didn't really want to know. I just want to keep focused on it because if we start thinking too far ahead and start thinking about okay, how do we take on Black Dragon, we, we'll miss basics. About how to take on Gruff or how to take on it's Shred. The classic phrase of um, your your greatest opponent is the next one. Yeah, and not Absolutely. anybody in the future. You got to you got to just take steps. Yeah. <laughs> and I think echoes when... of Jameson go in my ear. <laughs> just you yeah. bet. Just keep, next fight up, next man up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actively didn't look at fights from any of our next components unless it was the one we were just about to fight, and then you do all the research and all the looking into that one machine you can. And just concentrate on that. And when that's out of the way, then start looking at the next. Um, I think we, when you're looking at Gruff, we, we've already t- spoken about Gruff. Um, so Black Dragon is obviously veterans of the sports. They've been going a long time, proven runner. They've, if I'm right, they've never been knocked out. Mm-hmm. So you're always like, oh, that that's our... If I've got my producer's hat on, that's, that's our, like, A-star fights that we need to win uh, that, that that they think is going to kill us off but then when I knew that Adam Wrigley made Emulsifier I was like oh, that's not just going to be a newbie that's that's actually going to be for me that one's going to be the one that well, they're, they're both verts <laughs> yeah <laughs> the thing was we, we don't really know or didn't know until we found out we were against the multiplier what the pedigree of his smaller weight versions of that are mm-hmm. and a lot of people as soon as they said we've got a multiplier were saying I mean, you best start watching some videos of their uh, their smaller weight class versions because which you don't want to do <laughs> don't do that just live, live in ignorance it'd be much easier yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no it, as always with uh, 
with with Black Dragon, we sort of went into it thinking there's it's a machine that we can if we can get around. And I mean, this that thing drives very quickly and very sort of uh, very well. That as long as we don't just the, the plan is sort of just don't go head on because we can't necessarily win the ground game at the moment. Try and outdrive them and see how they react from that. Because a lot of fights lately are people shooting over to the other side of the arenas and then going head on. We thought if our, our whole thing is try and stay close um, and we try the same thing with Gruff, with these guys, with the Mossifier, with um, Captain Shred and mm-hmm. try and not give them a second to to even think. And that's how we, we go into all of these fights and we say, like, where do we need to stay away from to give us the best chance? And ideally, where's, where's the weakest points we can crush? Um, so on Gruff, there wasn't really many places that we thought, it's not solid. So for that, it was just anywhere we can grab. Uh, we'll, mm. we'll try and get onto. With uh, with Black Dragon, we knew that sort of on on either the front sides, I think one had a, the gas tank under one side and one had the batteries under the other. I think they removed the some stuff, didn't they, from the front? What's those, that, sorry? Pods, those pods in the front had stuff in and they removed one lot of them, thinking that we might bite through. I think they put extra armor on top and... Um, and they removed something. I can't yeah, remember what it was. Something that they thought was vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, the, you get to the point where people go, oh, "What's your strategy for this match?" And you go, "Same as everything." <laughs> yep. The robot hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. Well, the like, the thing we is, we're have... very open. We're very open for not having loads of configurations. We have the robot open on the bench. We show we put in our, our vertical spinner or normal wedge on the front with our sort of low wedgelets on. Or we've got our big horizontal one so that we can drive better um, and not get caught up on the floor. And that's what we go in with. So we're not worried about all these mind games or which configuration are we going to put on for this or that. We know that well in advance. So all we start thinking of is how do we outdrive these guys? Where do we need to stay away from? And where are the juicy bits? And uh, <laughs> and, and start start working on it from there. And that was the same for all, all four of our matchups, really. Um, there's no sort of major change in strategy because I, I think as soon as you start really mixing that up, like James said before, you then start doing things that you wouldn't normally do. And that's where you can start catching yourself out. Um, but uh, but no, I, we, we were quite concerned for two reasons, knowing our matchups all the way through, is that one, we knew the field's full of vertical spinners. We're going to get some savage ones and there's two very savage ones there. Um, so we knew we had a lot of chance for getting destroyed. And secondly, the other big concern for us is as soon as someone knows they're fighting an axe or a crusher, it immediately gives them a lot of time to start armoring up. And these guys then had multiple days to start thinking about what they could do, go out and get new things made to go on top if they needed to. And that starts playing on your mind. And sort of, it's sort of a bit disheartening, really, when you think oh, it's... We can't necessarily come up with something to just immediately no, like damage us. Dinner thing. Yeah, but it's it's very easy for an opponent to come up with a way for us not to be able to crush through them at all. And yes, there's weight implications and things. They might have to remove a wedgelet or some other bits to to do it. But they can completely negate the piercing of our weapon very easily. And so that sort of I really like the idea, and again, I, I don't like keep bringing King of Bots up all the time because no, no, please do. We do. What is about Robot Wars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, we, we couldn't compete in Robot Wars, so we can't do too much. This is true. However, and if you for, did, that would be a very naughty of you. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but um, 
from King of Bots, what I really enjoyed, there, there were some great bits and there were some terrible bits about King of Bots. Yeah. Terrible bits. Not producers not really know what they were doing half the time and you didn't know what was what you were doing. But the really good bit about it was certainly like the last ones, you didn't know who you were fighting until literally five minutes before. Yeah. Your robot was there, you had all of a sudden the match will come up, but it wasn't just a standard match. You could be a one V one, you could be two V two, you could be four way, it could be who knew you what the format King of Bots was? <laughs> yeah, you didn't know what the format was and you didn't know who you were going in against at all, literally until five minutes before the fight. And that for me was really exciting because there was no planning. People can't make things to go against you. It was what's on your bench. If you can't change it out in five minutes, you go in as you are. And that that for me was really exciting. And the more planning and everything else you add into the mix of knowing your fights many days before, for me personally takes a lot of that sort of excitement and things away you get too much too stuck into the nitty-gritty of how are we going to do this and how are we going to fight that and a lot of teams love that um i'm not saying it's a good or bad thing i'm just I saying think it me. helps the verts again if, if you're <laughs> if you've got like beta with a hammer or shatter with an axe to create a polycarbonate armor when you know you've got like a few days notice that that's really achievable mm. there isn't something that you can put on your robot that goes okay we're fighting a vert so we'll put this on and then that stops that mm. it, it's it's a really interesting dynamic of the sport um yeah and we'll, we'll see how that goes yeah, but again it's it's the difference between um a lot of people love to do all that planning and and modify the machine to be give them the absolute best chance you can I very much like that spontaneous thing of you've done all your design and your build before you get to the competition. Now fight with that one machine, your one setup. You don't have five different types of wedges or <laughs> multiple configurations. You go in with what you've designed mm. and you work it out when you're in the arena. And, and that's what I like. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that's best for the sport or that's 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 the best way to go forward. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd be very interested to see what would happen if uh, BattleBots literally got you up to the arena and then you found out who you fought there. Kind of like a curtain raises and your opponent's in front of you, like, oh, mm. that's who we've got. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I think that would... It would be an interesting idea for a different robot combat show, you know? Yeah, yeah. We've always said that the we're, we're better decision makers back in the workshop as well, so we can think about huge now, yeah. Yeah. and we can think about engineering solutions that might work for it, and we can come the... up with the, with the concept. When you're there, you sometimes you put something on your own like, what on earth did I do that for that's not going to work you're kind of clutching at straws really so I think it's definitely don't come up with new tactics when you're at BattleBots because it, in the heat of the moment with no like practice no no knowledge of it it's, you can really go down a, a blind path quite quickly so we're very conscious of okay let's not just stick a lifter on the front of the robot quick because we're against a vert and we can get under them and do this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. um, it's very much, a, you know, we know quantum, we know what it does in theory. Mm -hmm. Let's let's have some um, faith that we can perform. Um, sort of maximize so. the package that you've already got, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, try to people, try not to become people, a, a you know a jack of all trades, but master of none. You know, yeah, yeah, we're a master of one trade. <laughs> yeah, chew, chew it down on your opponent, and you do it very well. You do <laughs> it. The, the difficulty is getting them in the teeth in the first place. Once they're in the teeth, it's it's probably the only robot where you can go. 
right now what seconds yeah yeah, yeah. but now, now it, like, one of the big things playing on our mind with emulsifier was that it's all well and good um biting onto it somewhere but once we've got it it's a very different dynamic actually to fighting something like black dragon black mm. dragon we can bite and that that disc is going to be up to speed but we feel like we could there's more area to try and get around it and it needs to give good solid hit on you because that weapon's that much smaller. Like I was saying earlier about Riptide and uh, Death Roll, Emulsify is very similar. That that disc doesn't look anywhere near as big on that picture as it is in real life. Um, <laughs> and then you think as soon as that weapon starts to spin, there's so much energy in that. It doesn't need to get to full speed to tear a massive hole in you. And so that's probably the only fight that we actively thought if we get them, we can't just do what we want with them. We really need to make sure that disc doesn't get up to speed um, at any point. So the our sort of thought process going into the emulsifier fight was a very different one to, to what we've had previously. Um, although the actual the tactics and the way we go about it are all the same, it was a case of, yeah, if we get chance to bite it, we can't hold on to it and just do what moves around the arena because that weapon will be up to speed. And with those tank tracks and big magnets holding it to the floor, it's also very manoeuvrable. So mm -hmm. um, one lick of that disc and, and we're in trouble. Yeah, we, we saw it in its fights beforehand and you go, oh man, that's not an obvious robot. <laughs> that's an <laughs> that's a evil machine. <laughs> we're interested to see how you fare coming up in the late, later in the series. But um, that is that. We are finally yeah. done. Um, Grant and James, thank you so much for your time. It's been really interesting talking to you both. And uh, yeah, good luck with yeah, the rest of the season. Thank you very much for having us. It, it's great to chat with you guys. It was nice to meet you out at BattleBots. And um, yeah, next time uh, you guys are in the UK, let's uh, catch up at the workshop. Sounds like a plan. Because I'd say we're, we're fairly local. Well, I'm, I'm fairly local. I'm You're about, fairly local. I'm, I'm very yeah. local. <laughs> I'm the opposite. You can come to the workshop then, Sam. All right, I'll, I'll, and yeah. then just send them a postcard. Absolutely. Yeah, Sounds that's good. That's the one. Yeah, well, they, I'll, they I'll come on a small iPad or something. They they, yeah. they did for me at BattleBots, so it's, it's only fair that yeah. I have to return the favour. Right? <laughs> there you go. Um, with that said, I have been Sam Elite 64. I've been Steve the American Killjoy. I've been World of Woodrow. I've been Team Quantum. And this has been the Robocast. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that'll do it. <laughs> um, we'll see you next week for the second episode review, but until then, be good and uh, yeah, take care, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>